When other people go big and wide and fancy, we go deep and intentional and present. When we see what everybody else is doing, we decide rather than to try to compete in that space where there's already plenty of noise, we look at how we're different and then we bank on that. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent, or if you're joining us for the first time, hello, I'm so glad you're here. It's your gal, Carly, and today we're going to break a few rules together. So I'm noticing this interesting thing cropping up for me. I'm curious if any of this is relatable for you too, but I just moved into a new a new home and my moving schedule date changed at the last minute, so things all happened a little quicker than I had originally planned. And that meant that I didn't get to take time off of work in order to do this. So all of these things were happening at once. And when I feel scarce for time, I notice that I begin to feel scarce for other things too, that my perception of how much I have is skewed and it's not necessarily rooted in fact, meaning that when I feel scarce for time, I notice that I feel scarce for confidence too. I begin to doubt myself more. Or for a lot of the driven women that I work with, when they're feeling scarce for time, they also feel scarce for money, regardless of how much is in their bank account. And this is why reclaiming time has been perhaps the most important thing I've ever done, both professionally and personally. And it really does take this awareness of being intentional about reclaiming our time since we live in a culture where time abundance is not the go-to norm, right? Where this kind of grind and hustle culture is really made to be like the main way to go. It's celebrated to be the hardest worker in the room and all of that. And so it really does take this willingness to break a few rules. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Now, this, like many of our episodes, is based on a real-life conversation that I've had many times, but it came up recently with a new client. Now, she's working in the public school system in New York City, and she has just been crushed under the weight of the rules that her school has that are remaining the same, even though teaching is entirely different during a pandemic. So her particular public school system has got kind of a blended model. Some of the classes are happening online. Some of it is being done in person. The hours are entirely different. Some of the kids do have access to internet. Some don't. Some live in homes where it's quiet and they can learn easily. For many kids, that is not their experience. And so learning is really difficult remotely. And yet she's finding that the school is still expecting the kids to do the same tests and have the same grades and do the same content that they might have been doing, for example, a year ago under totally different circumstances. And the fact that the rules have remained the same, both for her and for her students, when everything else is different, it just lacks common sense. It's really frustrating. Her kids are not learning as well as they could be, and she's finding it really difficult to sustain being the online teacher that she would like to be able to be for them right now. And so we talked about how important it is to set rules with intention, right? Because thoughtful, intentional rules are essential. 
Rules used with context and on purpose can be really helpful, right, to our careers, to our growth, to our body, to our mental game. But rules that are arbitrary or that have been set during a time that is different from our current time are a shortcut to feeling drained. And so when her and I were in our conversation, she realized, okay, she still works for the school system. They have certain things that the protocols that they all need to follow as teachers. But within that, she found ways that she could create 3% more ease for her students. She didn't just quit her job willy-nilly. She didn't walk out on the system because the system's not working. Rather, she started to get just a little bit more thoughtful about what upgrades and tweaks might need to be followed. What rules are actually internal coming from within her that she could break? For example, the format that she teaches her classroom, it's worked great when she was in person. And now those rules don't necessarily apply. And then she's also looking at what are the arbitrary rules around her that she maybe doesn't have to buy into. Maybe they can be modified or discussion could be had around them. And so that's what prompted today's conversation. We're going to go over specifically today one particular mindset around rules that has a lot to do with the types of schools that we went to that commonly messes with professional women once we're adults. And then I'm going to share six rules that my company has consciously decided to break. Now, some of these are external rules, and they're the kind of best practices that people swear by that just don't work for us, so we don't do them anymore. And then some of the rules I'm going to share, you'll notice, are those more internal rules, things that I or my team members were unconsciously holding on to that we thought we needed to conform to. But as it turns out, we don't. And deciding to break those rules has brought us so much more energy, enthusiasm, clarity, and a lot more ease. And I am a big fan of creating ease wherever it's possible to do so. So expect to walk away from today's episode with a refreshed sense and curiosity around the rules that you're following and a plan to appreciate both the rules that are working for you and then either upgrade or maybe even toss out the rules that no longer apply to where you are. This conversation is going to be light. It's going to be playful. And my hope is that it dusts off the cobwebs of what's causing you some stress and helps you feel lighter on the spot so that you have the energy to get to what you care about in your career and beyond. So before we dive into that, let's do my favorite part of the show, the shout out. And today, since we're breaking rules, I'm going to break one of my own rules, which is I'm going to give a shout out for the first time to one of our past guests. So Dr. Maria Serwa has been a guest on our show two times. She came and did an episode with us in Thanksgiving of 2019 about how to navigate the holidays when you have a lot on your plate or you're feeling a lot. That episode is especially relevant this year. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. And she also did a more recent episode with us about the art of masterful storytelling, how to know how to tell your story. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But I'm giving her a shout out because Maria is really a thought leader in the world of resilience and grounded optimism during tough times. And she's been asking herself as she nears her 60th year, her 60th birthday here, what it would be like to live into generosity now in our current climate. And that has created this free passion project that she's built called What to Remember. This is an online series of very short videos based around some writings that she's done. There's nine free videos that you can get access to that really create community and connection and spark the fire of your own belonging. 
So we love supporting the women in our community. That includes you and our guests. So feel free to go access this video series with Maria at mariasurwaprograms.com or I'll put a link to it here in our show notes. There is nothing for sale in this. This is all about connecting you back to your best self and creating community at a time when we could all use a little bit more community. And just know that I really value you as a community member here in Messy and Magnificent. If you have left a review on iTunes, I so appreciate that. And if you haven't, head on over there and tell me one thing that has landed well with you from one of our episodes, and I could give you a shout out on one of the episodes we are about to record. I'd love that. So you want more free time, some space to think. You know, everything would be so much easier if you just had a little more wiggle room in your days. By golly, I hear ya. So let's talk about my favorite B word for a second, boundaries. 14 years of coaching has shown me that there is a direct correlation for women between how much time and energy you have to get to the things you really care about and the types of boundaries you're setting. But nobody has taught us to set boundaries in a way that feels good. And that's why this episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. This is my forthcoming at-home study course that's going to give you both the tools and the community support to make having boundaries both doable and downright enjoyable. I'll make sure to let you know when it's available. So get on the list by heading over to carlyfane.com and get totally free access to the mini Boundaries Like a Boss course. There is nothing for sale in this 45-minute program that outlines the three essential mindsets that women with boundaries know. And it comes with a step-by-step guidebook that will allow you to have the script to upgrade your boundaries on the spot, even when people push back on them. You know that hunch you've had for a long time that you're meant to do something meaningful in the world? It's right. Let's make sure that you get to do just that. Now let's get started. Let's talk about that one common mindset around rules that really messes with professional women. Ready? It's being a good student. (laughs) Now a lot of us learned that we needed to be good students, right? We needed to pull up our bootstraps and learn things if we wanted to get ahead. In her New York Times bestselling book, Playing Big, Tara Moore wrote, Quote, early in my career as a coach, I noticed the women who face the biggest challenges in senior level positions have often been star pupils in school. And you know what? That has been my experience time and time again with many of the women that I coach who reach a certain level of success. They might have graduated from school or they might have played a sport or they might have a family that's going well or they might have a good social circle. And yet they feel a little stagnant. They feel stuck. They feel like it was easy or doable anyway. They get some level of success. I shouldn't say easy. For a lot of them, it was tough work. But now things feel clunky and sticky and tricky moving forward. And it's really frustrating. So Tara Moore went on to say that the same behaviors that have been essential for academic success were holding these women back in the boardroom. Western educational systems train students to prepare carefully and to complete the tasks that are asked of them, to do lots of research and homework to discover the right answers, to pay attention to what authority figures want, and then provide that. 
See, what Tara Moore is talking about here is that it turns out that that being an A student mentality that gets us through school is exactly what can limit us professionally. Lillian McTurn wrote an article a few years ago, actually, on the list where she did some really good research on this theme. And she mentioned that, quote, those good student behaviors are useful during school, but ultimately they undermine women's ability to get ahead in the workplace. Now, there's a lot of research on this. There was an article in Forbes that explained that that, quote, good student mentality, believing that people in charge will notice our work and positive results and then promote them is not how the working world works at all. And you know that because there have been times when you have brought forth a really good idea, you worked your tail off for it, you're really excited about it, you championed it, and then you notice that nobody ever acknowledged how much you put into it. How many times have you done a great job on something and nobody recognized how much sweat equity or expertise it took to do it, right? So this is an easy place where we can have these informal contracts, these unofficial contracts where we assume that if we show up as A students, we're going to be rewarded with a star, with an A plus, with a good report card. But that doesn't necessarily exist in the professional world. Dr. Carol Dweck, she's a professor of psychology over at Stanford. She partnered up with Rachel Simmons, the co-founder of the Girls Leadership Institute. And they said in an article that was published by CNN, indeed, if life were one long grade school, girls would rule the world. Now, I'll put a link to that full article because it's a fascinating read in the show notes here. But what we're noticing from all of these different sources is this reoccurring theme around how being a good student works for us when we're younger or when we're in a traditional classroom. And that mentality is exactly what prevents us from living into the life and the career that we really want. So I want you to just consider some of these questions as we often do on Messy and Magnificent. Questions that sound like, am I still trying to be a good student in an invisible classroom? Right? How is my A student mentality showing up if it's showing up for you at all? And if so, how does it serve me? Because maybe it does serve you. Maybe there's elements of the way you work that worked for you when you were in school and they still work now. But how also might it hinder me? And then here's the question I really want to know from you. If I wasn't worried about being a good student, what is one thing I would try this week? See, that final question there is an invitation to look outside of the rules that might have become your norm because they were taught to you or they've originated within you and to consider what would be of service to you right now. So in a moment here, I'm going to share six specific rules that both myself and my company and many of our clients break on a regular basis. I am not sharing them with you because you need to break the exact same rules or because I'm some type of super genius that has figured out this one-size-fits-all, works-for-everybody system. That is not what I believe in at all. What I am hoping to do here is to have a little bit of fun modeling a mindset of curiosity and intentionality, of inquisition, of looking at things thoughtfully. I don't know about you, but I learn so much from what other people are doing. When I hear what works for them, I'm often inspired. So I want you to hear what works for us. And who knows, maybe you'll hear something that's useful. I give you full permission to use it. Take it and run with it. But most importantly, what I'm hoping happens here is that you realize that these broken rules might help you also live into breaking your own rules. 
considering what serves you now and what might be time to update or eliminate all together. Because questions around, okay, what societal rules am I following that are causing harm to myself or to other people? They're really important for our professional career. They're also really important for social justice. So particularly for my white listeners, we can consider where have I bought in to systems or rules that are actually damaging either myself or other people? And what might I do about it? So we're going to start with a really kind of playful one. Here is rule number one that we are breaking. We have broken the algorithm rule on social media. (laughs) Now, here's the way I look at it. I do not work for the algorithm anymore. The algorithm, it's designed to work for me. Now, here's what I mean when I say that. We made a commitment a few years ago to start showing up really intentionally on social media. I committed to myself privately with nobody else knowing to doing one social media post a day on most days on my professional Instagram account just to get a sense of what works. What are people interested in? What are we not interested in? And it was really a great opportunity to just try it on like a hat. I learned so much. I connected with so many great people. But that system, as my business has gotten fuller, was exhausting. (laughs) It was exhausting physically in terms of how many hours we needed to put in. It was exhausting mentally in terms of needing to churn out content all the time. And it was exhausting emotionally because our social media platforms They're almost all designed to be addictive in nature. They're designed to make us hungry. They're designed to make us want to come back for more, to check our likes, to check our comments. And I realized that this flies in the face of what I believe in. I believe that if we do things well, it will be enough. So we made the conscious decision to stop working for the algorithm and to just post a few times a week. And the moment we did that, we were kind of braced to see what would happen. Like, what's going to happen? Like, we were prepared to know we might get less engagement. We might get less comments. We might not show up as high in people's feeds. It's going to be a-okay if we don't do as well on social media because we'll be doing better as a company, not turning so much time into this. Well, lo and behold, our engagement rates went through the roof. (laughs) I'm talking through the roof. And that was because when we were no longer churning out just posts for posts' sake, We were able to have better quality in the few posts we are doing a week. I do like three a week now, and it's more than enough. And nobody else noticed because nobody else is stalking our social feed as much as we are, right? So we actually made a decision to take this a little bit further. And in 2021, my company will be entirely off of Facebook. We'll have the majority of what we do on Facebook completely eliminated by January 1st of 2021. And then we have one group program that'll be wrapping up in that first quarter of 2021. Now, my brain was worried about this because my brain thought, okay, Carly, you have a few thousand followers on Facebook. You're going to lose them and that connection and that connection is important to you. But you know what? That was a scarcity thought. There are so many ways to be connected. And as Facebook has become a space that lacks transparency, that is rooted in an algorithm that's designed to be addictive, that has been known to collect and share important information, well, that stuff is not in alignment with our company's values. And so we must go. So maybe you'll hop over on LinkedIn with me. That's where I'm going to be spending more of my time. LinkedIn is going to become the new ground for us as an organization. But here's what I want you to know. What's worked for us time and time again in our modern economy is to know that it is not survival of the fittest. It is survival of the focused, meaning we don't need to have the fanciest social media accounts. 
we do not need to be doing the most on there. We just want to focus on one or two direct ways of connecting with the people we care about. And in this way, we never have to compete with people that are doing things that we don't believe in. We can just be more of ourselves. So rule number one that I have broken and we as a company have shifted is we no longer work for the algorithm. The algorithm works for us. Now, rule number two that we broke from the very beginning of running my company is that we rest during work hours. We do not see our rest as separate from our careers because the most important part of your career is you, right? Your well-being. When you're not doing well, it's harder to show up for work and vice versa. So there's many ways that we incorporate rest into our working hours because it's been proven time and time again to work for us, but I'll share just two of them. One is maybe something you've heard me mention before if you've been listening into the podcast for a little while. It's this concept of a culmination week. I take one week at the end of every month to not do any public work. That means no coaching with clients, no webinars, no Zoom big meetings, nothing like that. And we slow down and we look at thoughtfully what's gone well over the past month that we might do again and what's not working for us that we might modify or delete. This practice saves us incredible amounts of money. It causes so much more revenue and so much more ease within my company. I highly recommend it. Now, there was an episode I did on that culmination process. I'll put a link to that in the show notes in case it speaks to you. But this is where resting is a built-in strategy. And that part is really important. It is built in because for many of us who are driven, if we don't schedule culmination or pauses or rest, they won't happen, right? We have to put them in there just like we would put meetings with any other person. So just like I would schedule a meeting with my accountant or with our copywriter, I schedule a meeting with rest. Now, the other thing that we started doing just this year that's made a world of difference is beginning to have runways before and after vacation time, meaning starting to lighten the load in my schedule before I go away and also making sure that I am gentle about my re-entry. Now, I don't know if this is relatable for you or not, but for many of us, we have to work so hard right before we go away on vacation, whether that vacation is for one day or one week, and then we come back to such a tremendous email list and other chores that have been waiting for us that the good feelings we got during that vacation are immediately negated. It's like all this extra stress happens before the break, and then there's all this extra stress that happens after the break. So one incredibly bold thing we did, we just tried it for the first time back in September when I went on my annual weekly vacation with my family, was we put in a way message that said, hey, I'm out of the office, and that your messages coming in during that time were going to be deleted. So there was a link to how to contact my assistant if something was urgent, but otherwise, please email me back when I am back in the office because all incoming messages are going to be deleted during that time. And you know what? We stuck to it. And again, I had no idea what was going to happen. Lo and behold, not only did nobody complain, even though who knows, I'm sure we disappointed some people, but we got a number of responses of women who said, oh my God, I had no idea that was an option. I'm going to try to do that too. And that's the whole point here is it's really hard to live into something we haven't seen modeled before and breaking the rules of telling people I'm away and I'll get back to you as soon as I'm back in the office. Well, that never occurred to us maybe until we've seen it done. And so the second set of rules we break is we break the myth that rest is separate from work because they are connected. 
We all do better work when we're more rested. Now let's talk about the third rule that we're breaking here on a regular basis. This one has been tremendous. We break the rules of needing to have it all figured out. Meaning we start things without knowing how they're going to evolve and how they're actually going to work out. And this is so important. It is so important to move forward when we have no idea how things are going to pan out because we need holes in our plans. Those are the places where all of creation will conspire on your behalf. This is where there will be possibilities that are bigger than we can yet imagine. Let me give you a big, bold example of that. So years ago, I sold my main practice on the East Coast and I moved out to California hoping to be in warmer weather and to start up my business there. And I was incredibly excited to be there, but I had no idea how I was going to make that happen. And so it ended up being a complete mess. I moved out there with my partner. We split up. Now I'm staying with my dear friends, Julie and Brian, in their spare guest room on an air mattress without my car because my partner took that back east trying to figure out what my next steps were going to be. And because I had so much space in my schedule, when I got a call from a celebrity client that wanted to work with me, but wanted me to be their full-time live-in coach, I was able to say yes for the first time in my life. Because prior to that, I would have had to say no. I would have had other clients who were depending on me. I would have had a partner that expected me to be there. I would have had my own home. Here was this glorious hole in my plans that ended up working out better than I could have ever imagined. It was that client that ended up being the gateway into the years that I did as the live-in coach to all sorts of celebrity high-profile entrepreneurs. And it happened because my plan wasn't perfect. It wasn't foolproof. It wasn't rigid. It wasn't definitive. It had holes in it. You see, in this way, the magic of unexpected joys and opportunities kind of melds with the mundane of us just taking our simple, doable daily steps by just focusing on taking one step in the direction we want to go each day and trusting that it'll work out perhaps in a way we don't expect, but being willing for that to be the way it goes makes a world of difference. This is where sparks fly. This is where we get to see synchronicities and serendipity and the kindness of acquaintances who might open some of those doors for us. So recap, we prefer not to have it all figured out anymore. Now let's talk about this fourth rule that we're breaking on a regular basis. I no longer need to be the expert. Oh my gosh, that is so liberating. (laughs) These days, my role is to be the servant leader meaning it is my job to listen more than I speak. So this is what's led to me having kind of a unique career, right? I run a coaching practice that shows entrepreneurs and executives and other career-motivated people how to reclaim their time and upgrade their boundaries and leverage self-care as part of their professional growth strategy. Now, who the heck knew that could be a business? I know I sure didn't years ago when I set out to run my own company. And this all came about because I listen. I listen when people talk. If I'm not talking, I am able to hear so much more about what my clients are interested in. And so over the course of years of continually refining down what driven women are looking for, it became really clear that there's a few main things, reclaiming time, having boundaries, and being able to have a life at the same time you have a career, right? And that was enough to build an entire practice around. So that's some external listening that goes a long way. I do not need to be the expert or the super genius anymore. I am allowed to be messy and a good listener. And that 
will be enough. Now, I want to give you one more example of how this is showing up in our day-to-day, because in addition to listening to our clients, it also is really important that I listen to my team. So there are nine people that work within my company on a weekly basis these days. And one of them, my right-hand person, Ellen, threw me a total curveball a few weeks ago. So you might have heard that we're launching the Boundary Academy, which is an at-home study course for women to help you elevate your boundaries. And we're really excited about that. And our plan was to do kind of a soft launch and bring in maybe 10 or 20 women who just work at any kinks, make sure the platform is set up right, and then do a bigger, fuller launch in the early part of 2021. And Alan said to me in a meeting, you know what, Carly, I know that's the plan and it's a good plan, but I'm having an idea. What if rather than doing a public launch at the end of 2020, when we have plenty on our plate, we just kind of hand select a few women, invitation only, that we really respect, whose input we would really value to come test drive the Boundary Academy first. Ellen's courage to speak up and bring forth her, quote, crazy idea was incredibly important because it led to this ping-ponging back and forth of ideas. We had renewed vigor and we dared to hatch a new plan. We actually decided to develop what we're calling the Council of Boundary Makers. And rather than having to be, again, the super experts that are bringing forth all the information, we are hand-selecting, again, 10 or 20 women who are at all different stages of setting their boundaries, who live with integrity who do the good work in the world, to come experience the program and then be with us to welcome in the new class in 2021. Because the only thing better than having somebody teach you about boundaries is to be surrounded by a network of council women who are there to have your back and make it doable, right? And none of this would have happened if I was the dictator at the top of the organization who was just disseminating ideas, right? Our ability to listen, and in this case, Ellen's ability to listen to a hunch she had and then share it, has made a world of difference. All right, let's talk about the fifth rule that we break on a regular basis. Ready? Logic is no longer our main deciding factor. Now, logic is important, right? It's certainly one of the things that we use as a company to make our decisions, but logic is only one resource, and there are many resources available to us. For example, the information that our body gives us. I trust my gut and I trust it because I've been in communication with it for a long time. And I know for some of us, that's a learning curve, right? But for me, for example, I get a knot in my stomach when something doesn't feel right, or I start to get distense just thinking about putting something on my calendar. Well, that means I am not meant to put it in that spot on my calendar. So I want to know from you, what information tends to steer you? in the right direction? And how do you hear it? And then how might you apply that to decisions in front of you? If logic is one place and it brings you valuable information, what else brings you valuable information? And how could you leverage that resource to be a little bit more resourced as you're making your current decisions? So we break the social rule of obsession around intellectual intelligence. Intelligence is super important, as is science, as are facts. And we're going to use every resource available to us, one of those being the information our body gives us. Now let's talk about the last rule, because I think the last rule that we began breaking probably about five years ago, maybe six, might be my favorite. And that rule sounds like this. When other people go big and wide and fancy within the coaching field, 
we go deep and intentional and present. When we see what everybody else is doing, we decide rather than to try to compete in that space where there's already plenty of noise, we look at how we're different and then we bank on that. So similar to what I said earlier, we don't compete with what we don't want to be or what there is already plenty of. Now, this doesn't mean that just because you have a good idea and lots of people are doing the same idea, you can't do it. That is not what I mean. But what I do mean is, what is the unique spin or perspective that you are bringing to the work you're doing? And how could you turn the volume up on that? Just maybe three or four percent. I'll give you an example of that. There are many people out there who are copywriters or editors. One of our copywriters that we've had the opportunity to work with, she is so good at getting things clear and succinct. She's like a minimalist in her real life. She's a minimalist around her house and she has a way of being a minimalist with words, of distilling complicated ideas down to something that is short, punchy, and to the point. So while many people do copywriting, not everybody is able to be a word minimalist. And I love that about her work. And that's what sets her apart for us. We know that when we give her something, she's going to be able to get it down to the parts that really matters. So when others are going big and wide and fancy and doing what everybody else is doing, how might you go deep and intentional and present and do a little bit more of what comes naturally to you? So a quick recap on these rules. We are breaking the social media rule. We no longer work for the algorithm. The algorithm works for us. Number two, we rest intentionally during work hours. Our work is not separate from our rest. Number three, we make a point to not have it all figured out. We no longer have the perfect, foolproof, grand master plan. We begin and we make sure that there are holes and spaces in our plan so that good ideas have wiggle room to show up at the right time. Number four, I'm not an expert anymore. (laughs) You can just hear the joy in my voice every time I say that. It is so liberating to be a servant leader, to be the one who listens and connects ideas. That's what's more natural for me, and it works great for us. Number five, logic will not be our only deciding factor. We are going to bank on all of our resources so that we make well-informed and well-resourced decisions. And number six, when others are going big, fancy, and wide, We go deep, intentional, and present. So I'm curious for you. I want to know for real. Tell me on iTunes or tag me on social media, Instagram and LinkedIn, and let me know of everything we just covered here today. What is one thing that you don't want to forget? Maybe it was a specific rule that you're going to incorporate or break, or maybe it was something else in one of the questions that bubbled up from within you. I want to know about it. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including knowing which rules it is time to break. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com 
forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else. 